Last summer, I had the privilege to spend a day at church camp with our students. And something happened there that really stuck with me. There was this young man, and he was sharing his testimony about how he came to know Christ. And it was a powerful testimony. But he said that growing up, uh, he would go to church occasionally, maybe a couple times a year. And when he would go to church, he would hear about this man named Jesus. And he was always interested in, that name piqued his interest. But he said that nobody ever explained to him who Jesus actually is. Or why he came. Why he was born on that very first Christmas. Or why he still matters. Why he's still relevant to our lives 2,000 years later. And that got me thinking as I prepared uh, for this service. I wonder uh, for how many of us it's true that maybe we have the Christmas story memorized. Right? We know Jesus was born in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. We know that his parents were Joseph and Mary. We know that he was born in Bethlehem. That he was visited by the shepherds and the wise men. And we know all these things. But we don't actually know who he is. Or why he was born in the first place. Or why a man who lived 2,000 years ago is still relevant to our lives. And so in the few minutes we have here tonight, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about who Jesus is. And in order to do that, we're going to look at John 14. So John 14 uh, takes place actually at the end of Jesus' life. So you've got to uh, go from where the Christmas story took place at his birth, fast forward 33 years to the end of three years of ministry, to the last night of Jesus' life, and he's sitting in the upper room with his closest followers, the disciples. And he's giving them the very last words he's going to speak to them before he goes to the cross the next day. And you'll see in your Bibles that uh, verse 1 of John 14, Jesus tells them, let not your hearts be troubled. You know why Jesus told them that? Because their hearts were troubled. You see, these, these followers had left everything to follow Jesus. They'd left their homes, they'd left their jobs, and then in John 13, right before this, Jesus tells them, hey, by the way, I'm leaving. What? We gave up everything to follow you and now you're going to leave us? And so they're discouraged and disillusioned. But into that situation, at the disciples' lowest moment, before Jesus is about to go to the cross, he speaks these words to us in John 14 this evening. And so look at your Bibles with me. We're going to read through John 14, 1 through 6. And I hope these words will be encouraging for you tonight. They're going to teach us a lot about who Jesus is. Look at verse 1. Jesus says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go in to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. But Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth 
and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The take-home message tonight is this. Jesus Christ alone bridges the gap between God and man. There's one mediator between God and us, the man Christ Jesus. And that's who we're talking about tonight. If you're taking notes, there are bulletins on your seats with fill in the blanks. And we're going to walk through verse 6. And we're going to see five things in verse 6, in this short verse, that are true about Jesus. Christmas is all about Jesus. And and here's the first one. Christmas is all about Jesus who is equal with God. Christmas is all about Jesus who is equal with God. You know, as I started looking at this verse, I only made it to two words before I made the first point. Those first two words in this verse are, I am. I am. Now, those words are probably more significant than you realize. In fact, when you look at the Gospel of John, you see several statements where Jesus begins them, and he says, I am. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. But do you know what Jesus is really saying here when he says, I am? Jesus is saying, I am God. Make no mistake about it. When Jesus says this, he's saying, I am God. How do I know that? Well, when you go all the way back to the book of Exodus, there's this uh, old man named Moses. Maybe you've heard of him. And he was keeping the sheep one day in the wilderness. And suddenly Moses came across a burning bush. Maybe you've heard the story. There was this bush. It was on fire, but it just, it wouldn't burn up. So Moses stopped and he's like, well, that is weird. I'm going to see what's going on with this bush. And out of the bush, God spoke to Moses. And during that conversation, Moses said to God, he said, what is your name? When I go to Israel and they ask what your name is, what should I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said, tell the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So you see, this became a title for God, I am. So Jesus saying this about himself was a really big deal. In fact, this is what got Jesus killed. The fact that Jesus said that he is God is what got him killed. It says earlier in John, it says this is why the people were seeking to kill him. The Jews were seeking to kill him because he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. There was a dispute between Jesus and and the Jews in, in John 8. And Jesus said to them, before Abraham was, I am. And you know how they responded to that? They picked up stones to throw at him and kill him. This is what got Jesus killed. And you know, there's a a tendency today to kind of just be indifferent about Jesus. To just say, he seemed like a good guy. You know, he had pretty good teachings and he seemed to have a really good connection with God. But what you'll notice here is that Jesus doesn't leave that open to us. Jesus claimed to be God. You know what that means? Either Jesus is God or he's a really bad man who claimed to be God and he's not. There's no in-between here. I love what C.S. Lewis says about this. If you'll look at the screen, C.S. Lewis said this. 
He said, I'm trying to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. They say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He'd either be a lunatic or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either Jesus was and is the Son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool or you can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about us being a great human teacher. Jesus has not left that open to us and he did not intend to. That's really important. Listen, either Jesus is God or he's a liar. But we know here at Prairie Bible Church that Jesus is God. He wasn't just a great moral teacher who had a great connection to God. He is God. And listen, that's where we need to start tonight. Christmas is all about Jesus who is equal with God. Here's the next one. We're going to get two more words into the verse. Christmas is all about Jesus who is the way. It's really interesting in these verses, you know, Jesus tells them when they're discouraged, he says, you guys know where I'm going. And I love Thomas. Thomas says, actually, I don't. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. Don't you love Thomas? He, he seemed to ask the questions that we wanted to ask if we were there. Thomas says, I don't know where you're going. Uh, how can we know the way to where you're going? And Jesus responds to him and says, I am the way. Notice Jesus doesn't say, I'm one of the ways. Or, I know the way. Or, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows the way. No, he says, I am the way. And this is why early Christians... Uh, you know, before they were Christians, you know what they were called? Any Bible scholars in here? The Way. That was the first name for Christians. They were called The Way. And the reason for that is because of statements by Jesus like this. Okay, you have to understand in those first days uh, after Jesus died, they were living in a very pluralistic culture. Okay, when it came to worship and to gods, basically people would just take any god from any culture and pray to that god about that thing. So there was a god of love, and then if they were going to war, there was a god of war and said, okay, maybe I'll pray to that one. And that's how they thought of worship. And, and along comes these people who say, actually, there's one true god. And there's only one bridge between that god and us, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so they were a peculiar people. And they were called the way. And this was offensive to that culture. It made them very exclusive. But you know what? At Prairie Bible Church, we believe the same thing 2,000 years later. We believe there's one true God in three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and there's one way between God and man, Jesus Christ, who we celebrate on Christmas. We still believe that today. And you know, for 2,000 years, Millions of people have found that Jesus Christ really is the way. And so Jesus says, I am the way. So Christmas is all about Jesus who is equal with God, who is the way. And next, Christmas is all about Jesus 
who is the truth. Who is the truth. Is it safe to say that today in our culture there's a lot of disagreement about the truth? Could we say that? Now, if I'm looking for the words in the Bible that really sum up our culture today, I would probably go to the words of Pontius Pilate. Do you remember when Jesus was standing before Pontius Pilate before he went to the cross? And Pilate's exactly ever it. Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth? And isn't that what our world is asking today? What is truth? You know what Jesus says to that? I am the truth. About the Bible, Jesus says, your word, God, is truth. About the Holy Spirit, he says it is the spirit of truth. About the church, the Bible says it's the pillar and the foundation of truth. And you know, at Prairie Bible Church, we submit to this book as the word of God. And when we don't, when we don't understand exactly what it means, we search that out. But when we disagree, it doesn't submit to us, we submit to it. And here's a good question to ask yourself about the Bible. If this is truly the word of God, uh, would you expect for it to agree with you on everything? Wouldn't you expect the Word of God to challenge your thinking a little bit? But when we take the, the Word of God and, and the words of Jesus in this passage and we try to twist and turn them to kind of make sense of what we think they should say, we don't have the Bible anymore. We have a, we have a God in our own image. And so we submit to this as the truth. And Jesus says, I am the truth. And it's common today for us to think or say, you know, it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. That's kind of what people say today. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. But when I open my Bible and I go to the Old Testament, I never see God say to the Israelites, I don't really care if you worship Baal as long as you're sincere. I don't see Paul say to the Ephesian church, listen, I don't care if you worship Diana or Artemis as long as you're sincere. No. The truth matters. It matters who we worship. And we worship Jesus who says, I am the truth. The Bible says in the Gospel of John, those who worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So listen, sincerity matters, but the truth matters too. And we turn to Jesus and we celebrate Jesus on Christmas who is the truth. You know, we're, we're drowning in information today and starving for truth. Would you say that's true? We scroll our phones for hours a day on average and there's so much stuff out there. But where do we find the truth? We'll hear the words of Jesus tonight. He says, I, I am the truth. Christmas is all about Jesus who is the truth. Christmas is all about Jesus who is equal with God, who is the way, who is the truth. And this is where Pastor Craig would say in his sermons, I'm going to go from preaching to meddling. <laughs> what does this mean for us? Here's the next one. Christmas is all about Jesus who is the life. Christmas is all about Jesus who is the life. Jesus says, I am the life. You know, the central theme of the Gospel of John is life through Jesus. It is only through Jesus that we can have eternal life in the future and abundant life now. And so, let's get real here for a second. Let's have a family talk tonight. If Jesus can do all these things for us, why do so many of us reject Jesus? 
And I'm not just talking to you if you've never believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I mean, I'm talking to you too. But I'm also talking to us who've who've prayed the sinner's prayer. And you know what we say to God so often? Or to Jesus? We say, hey, you can have this compartment of my life this far though and no further. Right? And we close our hands around certain things. And he knocks on that door and he wants in. And we don't let him in. And why do we do that? Well, I'm not going to give you the, a popular answer, but I'll give you the Bible's answer. Because we love our sin. We love our sin. The Bible says, this is the judgment. We love our sin more than we love God. That's what it says in John 3. It says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light. It's amazing how we hold on to things, don't we? We hold on to things that can never give us light. When, when there is a God in Psalm 16 that says, in my right hand are pleasures forever. If you leave here with nothing else, leave here with these three words. God is better. He's better. And he's found in Jesus Christ. And anything that you're holding on to that you think can satisfy, it never will. Only Jesus can do that. You know, I never thought I would uh, end up quoting Jim Carrey in a sermon, um, but, but here we are tonight. And so look at the screen with me. Uh, Jim Carrey said this. He said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. How true is that? That's a guy who's a, a famous actor, right? Has, has all the money in the world and the fame. And he gets to the end of that and he says, you know what? I hope everybody can experience this. Why, Jim? So we'll be so happy? No. So they'll see that I'm just as empty as I was before this. Listen, you could leave this place tonight. You could spend the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years searching far and wide, looking everywhere, for the true way, for life. And you'll never find it outside of Jesus Christ. Christmas is all about Jesus, who is equal with God, who is the way, who is the truth, who is the life. And here's the last one. Christmas is all about Jesus, who is the only way, the only way. Look at verse 6. Jesus says this, he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now I want you to hear me here because I think there's a lot of error around this verse. Any pastor or church or person that tells you there are many ways to heaven is directly contradicting the words of Jesus Christ right here. There is one way to eternal life in the presence of God. It's Jesus Christ. It's the only way. Don't take my words for it. Don't get mad at me. That's what Jesus said. He's the only way. And so what does it mean to come to Jesus? What does it mean? Well, it means two things. It means repentance and faith. You know, on Christmas, though we celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus, there's a lot more to Jesus than that. You know, Jesus grew up, he lived a perfect and sinless life, and he was unjustly put to death 
on a Roman cross for you and for me. But Jesus did not stay dead. No, after three days, Jesus rose again. He appeared to many witnesses, many of his followers. And then he ascended into heaven. Where right now, as I, as I preach this message, he is seated at the right hand of God, interceding for his people, where all authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth has been given to him. And someday he's coming back. When every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He is the only way. And when you hear that message, you know what it should lead you to? Repentance. Repentance. Because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Listen, when you compare yourself to other people, you might feel sometimes pretty good about yourself. Sometimes you might feel like you don't stack up. Well, what about when we compare ourselves to a holy perfect, righteous God. I got bad news. None of us stack up. Not even your pastors, right? Nobody, nobody is righteous enough to work their way into heaven. So what that means for you and for me is that we must repent of our sin. Repentance means to change one's mind. It means to turn, to turn from our sin. And you know where we turn? Toward Christ toward that cross, because we're all level at the cross. We all need Jesus. But God's love is shown in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. It wasn't while we were serving him and doing such a good job that he said, okay, they've made the cut, I'll send my son. No, while we were sinners, while we were rejecting God, he sent his only son in the greatest act of love in human history and his son died for us. He paid the penalty that we could never pay ourselves. And all you need to do is put your faith, hope, and trust in the finished work of Christ and you will have eternal life and you'll have abundant life now. And the void in your heart that you felt all your life will be filled and you'll have peace with God. It really is that simple. And here at our church, you could talk to numerous people who that has become true for. You'll talk to people and they'll say, Jesus Christ, he changed my life. And so don't leave here tonight. If you've never made that decision, don't leave here tonight. Your only regret will be if you, is that you didn't make that decision sooner. I'm asking you to make a decision. I'm also asking you to bow in submission and make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And for those of here, us here tonight, you know, I know there's a lot going on during Christmas, but for those of us here tonight who do believe in Christ, maybe you haven't been giving Him everything. And I'm asking you, give Him everything. Let Him into every area of your heart and your life. It's worth it. He wants what's good for you. Christmas is all about Jesus, who is equal with God, who is the way, who is the truth, who is the life, and who is the only way. Band, you can come up. You know, I shared about that young man uh, who was giving his testimony, and he, he didn't believe in Jesus, uh, but later when he heard this gospel message, he came to know Jesus. And he was that young man giving his testimony to those students. And what's amazing about him is, is now he's actually serving in vocational ministry. And so Jesus Christ changed his life and he's changed so many of our lives. 
And I hope that as you leave here tonight, I don't know what uh, Christmas Eve plans you have. I know me and my wife, were jumping on a plane and flying to Arizona. I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> but I don't know what your plans are. But let's all remember this season, what Christmas is all about. That it's about Jesus Christ who paid the penalty for our sin on that cross. Let's remember that this season, amen?